whatever whatever company you look at, uh, you will see that the role of, of a metallurgist is actually very, very essential. Uh, and, and I'm saying this because not many people understand the importance of it. Uh, they simply think that metallurgy is basically something uh, very, very exotic. Welcome to Metallurgical Poster Children, where we get to know young, fresh minds entering the heat treat world. I'm your host, Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today. And today, we're taking a trip to Greece, where we'll meet... My full name is Anastasios Gavras, and um, I usually go by Tassos. Uh, actually, the only person that calls me Anastasios, which is my full name, is my uh, godfather. Tassos is not really in Greece, but he is from Greece. But before we go to Greece, let me encourage you to go to www.heattreattoday.com, which is the home of Heat Treat Radio and plenty of other interesting heat treat information. Heat Treat Today is a new media brand developed for the benefit of manufacturers with in-house heat treat departments, especially in the aerospace, automotive, medical, and energy sectors. Once you get to the site, search for Heat Treat Radio, and more specifically for Metallurgical Poster Children. This series of interviews with relatively new entrants into the heat treat world is somewhat misnamed. The people we interview are certainly not children. They're full-grown metallurgical adults, and they're excited about being in metallurgy and heat treat. For example, Tassos is a postdoctoral metallurgist. Here's how he describes his current position. Right now, I work for uh, Babcock Power. Uh, this is uh, I, and I'm the senior metallurgist for this company. So let's find out a bit more about Babcock Power. It has been around for about a uh, hundred years or so, and uh, they deal a lot with uh, the power industry. So. Uh, they are uh, actually one of the original uh, boiler uh, manufacturers. And uh, right now, uh, the business is more uh, into uh, supplying the parts necessary for a, a power plant uh, to run. So tubing, piping systems, uh, heat exchangers, things of that of that kind. Are these primarily for nuclear power plants? Uh, no, not so much nuclear, mostly uh, solar, uh, coal, natural gas. And Babcock is located in Worcester, Massachusetts. The headquarters are in Worcester. Uh, there are um, other locations, there are facilities at other locations like in South Carolina, uh, sister companies in uh, Kentucky, California. So it spread out fairly well along in the United States. I see that you are also associated with Riley Power Systems. Right. Uh, good cut. So uh, Babcock Power is the, the general company, if you want. Uh, and under its umbrella, there are many different companies. So there is Riley Power, uh, Vogue Power, um TI services. Uh, so there are a bunch of companies under the group of Babcock, basically. Let's go back now and get a better grasp of where Tassos came from and how it was he ended up at Babcock Power in Worcester, Mass. 
So Tassos, let's start at the beginning. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Athens, Greece. Uh, I lived in Greece for about 24 years and then I moved to the United States. And what brought you to the United States? Uh, the motivation is uh, was basically the uh, completion of my uh, my PhD uh, degree, if you want, or, or if you want my doctorate diploma. Uh, so I I came to United States to pursue my my doctorate degree, and that actually happened, um, believe it or not, uh, out of luck. Uh, I was actually very lucky that a friend of mine from Greece. Uh, that went to the same school with me, uh, was here and he was uh, finishing up his doctorate degree and he told me about WPI. I wasn't aware of that school, uh, but he told me about the program and everything, so I applied and then next thing you know, I was in the United States. That's WPI, as in Worcester Polytechnic Institute. How about before coming to the States? What was your education like in Greece? So, um, okay, so I did my bachelor's in uh, mining and metallurgy. Uh, there is a, a school, I guess there is one only school in, uh, in Greece that deals with uh, mining and metallurgy. And, uh, and so I, I went to that school uh, in Greece, the polytechnic schools are uh, five years. Uh, so when you when you graduate, you actually graduate with uh, a bachelor's and master's. Uh, it's kind of like it's a little bit similar to uh, the bachel the BSMS programs that they have here in some schools. So uh, I did that, and uh, the first couple of years you take. Um, courses both from the mining and the metallurgy uh, fields. And then on your third and fourth year, you decide uh, what concentration you want to, uh, to focus on most. So uh, on the third year, I, uh, I decided to go after uh, metallurgy and, and the material science field. And I understand that your sister had some influence on you, helping you decide to go into metallurgy. Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, well, it's funny because uh, going back in time, I guess, as, as I remember myself, uh, as, a, as a high school student, I always wanted to become a physicist. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, my, it's very funny because my sister, Catherine, uh, who is uh, one year older than me? She was already in that school, so she she actually finished the she actually studied the same exact thing as I did. Um, but being uh, one year ahead of me, uh, she was telling me that you know if you want to become a physicist, that's great, but you're not gonna find much work after you graduate because um, it was a little bit of uh, uh, how can I say it. Um, it's a good profession, but you uh, there are so many people, and uh, it's a little bit saturated. Let's say that. So, uh, so then you know, I I I I understood that aspect. So I I did apply to the polytechnic school, and I was accepted to the same school like my sister. Uh, but then, you know, as a, as you know, as time went by, I I didn't really like the the mining part. 
so I did like some of the courses that I took, like the introduction to material science or the casting uh, uh, and the non-destructive methods in material science. So there were uh, there were some <clears throat> some courses that actually uh, I liked more. So I said, okay, I might just go with that major because I'm more uh, excited about it. Tassos went on to tell me that his sister graduated and then went on to earn a master's degree in finance and is working for a shipping company in Greece, in Athens, Greece. Obviously, both of the Gavras children, Catherine and Tassos, are very well accomplished. I asked Tassos briefly about whether or not his parents encouraged or discouraged him to go into metallurgy. Actually, my parents were very supportive. Uh, they they liked the idea that I was in the Polytechnic uh, School of Athens, and uh, they basically told me, uh, follow whatever you want to do, and uh, if you like it, then uh, there's, no, there's no problem as far as we are concerned. So do you remember what year it was you came to WPI? And tell us a bit about what you studied at WPI. Of course. How can I forget? <laughs> Uh, I came, uh, actually it was January of uh, 2008. So uh, after um, having many discussions with uh, Professor Lados, who, is, uh, who was uh, Haley's advisor as well. When Tassos mentions Haley, he's referring to Haley Sandgren, another metallurgical poster child interviewed by Heat Treat Today earlier in 2016. Uh I uh, I decided to join her uh, Integrative Materials Design Center and uh, do work mostly on uh, fatigue and fracture of metallic materials. And I assume you had to do a dissertation. Correct. So uh, we all these metallic materials that I uh, just mentioned uh, were very um, very much used and are, are still very much used in. Uh, aerospace, automotive industries. Um, so uh, the, the, the goal, I guess, was to uh, understand the, the way that these materials uh, fail under cyclic loading. Um, so describe, identify, if you want, the mechanisms of uh, fatigue and fracture at the, at the microstructural scale. And then uh, apply all this knowledge so you can actually improve the materials and uh, the heat treatment associated with them so you can optimize the, the performance. What would you say was the most enjoyable aspect of your time at WPI? When you look back, what, what, do, you, what do you smile about? <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, the, the most exciting part, uh, you know, of the WPI experience was uh, the conferences that I went to and... Uh, also, the, the, the semi-annual uh, group meetings that we had with the, with the industrial fellows that supported our research, I think uh, it gave me such a different perspective of, uh, of, of, you know, of how this knowledge is applied in real life. Uh, and I don't know if that put a smile on my face, but uh, definitely, you know, broadened my horizons. And um, I think it made me a better person, a more... Uh, you know, integrated person, per se. And the most unenjoyable part, the late hours? Uh, yes, you're uh, right on. Actually, just because of the nature of my uh, 
of my PhD work, you know, running all these fatigue experiments. Uh, some of them, actually, most of them take uh, quite a bit of time to, to, uh, to, you know, to finish. So sometimes, you know, they will take four days, five days, and uh, I will uh, find myself uh, in the middle of, uh, of the night waking up uh, just to go check if the experiment is over so I can load up the next sample. And, uh, and that, I guess that was the, the difficult part of my, of my experience, if you want. So how about future plans? Anything on the horizon? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied uh, for now. I mean, I do a lot of failure analysis, uh, and that keeps me very uh, interested. I'm not, I'm not really easily bored because I examine so, different, so many different cases. Uh, what I would like to do in the future is uh, a little bit of uh, consulting work. So um, uh, that that will actually be uh, a very good experience for me, uh, and also it can also um, be a little bit more broad if you want. If you if you want, because you can look at, at different failures from other sectors or. Uh, consult on many different things rather than just focus on the, let's say, the power industry and its problems. What resources do you currently use to keep current on the latest metallurgical and heat treat technologies? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, staying in touch and uh, working with Professor Lados, uh, it's actually a very good source for, uh, for myself and for my company to stay up to date. Uh, we uh, joined her uh, consortium, so uh, and she always is very kind. She she invites me to her meetings, and you know I get to see what's the latest and greatest. So that's one very good source for me. Um, the American Society of Materials, uh, which uh, actually I always follow and I'm actively involved in the local chapters is actually um, a very good source uh, for, you know, for learning latest technologies. It's more, it's more industrially oriented, but still it's a very good source. Uh, and then I guess all, all the subscriptions that I have, uh, uh, the, the different magazines that I receive and I read, uh, the materials, Processing, advanced materials processing, or the the TMS uh, publication, the the GOM uh, journal, all these things uh, are are very good sources for uh, you know for staying up to date. So you get magazines. Do you like to get those in print or digitally? We tend to think the younger generation likes digital. How about you? Well, although. Um, I'm relatively young. I'm actually a more print type of person. The reason being the fact that I like uh, having a hard copy, especially when I read a magazine or uh, a paper. Uh, if you know, if it's uh, work-related emails or uh, things like that, I, I don't mind the electronic versions, but I do prefer the printouts for uh, magazines papers that I read, uh, mostly because I, I, it's a little bit tiring for me to, to stare at the screen 
for let's say a couple of hours reading through a magazine or a paper. That's fair. I think there are a lot a lot more young people that like print than we suspect. How about another odd question? Are you a Mac or a PC guy? <laughs> uh, I'm actually uh, a PC person. Why? Why? Uh, th- see, this is actually funny because I, I have a good friend of mine. She, uh, she's actually from WPI as well, and she's so uh, Mac-oriented. And uh, we had this discussion or debate uh, many, many times. So uh, what I think is that the, the, you know, the Mac system and you know the Apple products, if you want to be a little more specific, are great. Uh, but they are great for a different crowd. They're great for uh, photographers, for designers. Uh, they're not meant uh, for engineers. You know, they, they unfortunately, as much as we would like to, uh, some of the programs that we use and the software associated with uh, cannot be supported or is problematic when it comes down to Mac. So I'd rather be compatible and, and do my job instead of, you know, wasting my time, figuring out things, finding, you know, similar programs. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. Last off-the-cuff question. Which would you prefer, a flexible work environment where you didn't have to be in the office all the time or at, or at all, or a high-paying job that required you to be on-site all the time? I'll, do, I'll go with the first. I like uh, my schedule. I like having the flexibility uh, to work the way I want. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, it's not all about you know, your, uh, your paycheck. It's very important, I agree, but uh, if that creates you uh, too much, if that imposes so much stress that you actually don't enjoy what you do, then I don't think it's, uh, it's uh, the right way to go. And uh, thank God, uh, in the current company that I am, I have a very flexible schedule. I can leave if I need to, or I can stay longer. I, I think if uh, if your manager or if your uh, supervisor uh, trusts you, and I think that's true for most of the companies, then you can you can work something out, and you know something that works for the employer as well as for the employee. Being from Greece, do you think you bring anything to the metallurgical world here in the United States that those born and raised here might not be able to offer? I believe the. I guess the, the main thing that I brought with me is uh, the way, I guess, the way that Europeans in general, if I could say that, if I could generalize, uh, uh, think or approach a problem. So uh, it's really the, that different mentality and the way of thinking that you uh, bring as a person. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, I, I see how people organize and uh, approach a problem uh, here in the United States and how people from other countries will do that. And I'm not saying, I guess you, there are good pros and cons in, on, from both sides, but uh, I guess taking the, the, the good things from your culture or from your mentality or way of thinking and uh, incorporating them into uh, the approach that they that it's currently used in the United States, I think that's... That's a unique thing. 
to bring. And I, and I don't know if it's um, very straightforward the way I explained it, but um, I think, you know, a mixture of uh, the way that you think and the way that the other people think um, is actually very, very, very uh, beneficial for both. From our offline conversations, Tassos, I know that you feel strongly about young people getting involved in material science and metallurgy. Talk to us about that. What I would like to uh, to do is basically uh, make a note here and, and underline the importance of uh, material science in general, whether it's you know heat treating or other processes, and uh, and the role of metallurgy in the various different uh, companies. Uh, I'm bringing this up because I've had uh, many colleagues that work in different places, and uh, some of them are into additive manufacturing. Others are, um, like me, in, fa- in the field of uh, the general failure analysis and root cause analysis. Um, and, you know, whatever, whatever company you look at, uh, you will see that the role of, of a metallurgist is actually very, very essential. Uh, and, and I'm saying this because not many people understand the importance of it. Uh, they simply think that metallurgy is basically something um, very, very exotic. Um, and it's basically complementing a process or uh, the production line. Uh, but it's actually very, very uh, fundamental when you're trying to build something, when you heat treat, let's say, or when you produce uh, parts made by additive manufacturing, uh, or when you perform a root cause analysis. Yes, you can have, let's say, the mechanical engineers, they can run uh, simulations, uh, they can do many, many things that maybe a metallurgist cannot do, but but the, the science and the, the information that you get from a metallurgical analysis, I think it's sometimes... Uh, very, very viable towards uh, solving a problem or optimizing a process. Um, so having said that, I, I, encourage, I encourage young uh, young people to go into uh, the metallurgy field. Uh, there, is, um, there is always going to be something that needs to be developed and optimized and uh, improved, you know. I mentioned that because uh, back in Greece... Uh, Metallurgy is one of these uh, very odd uh, professions, very uh, rare professions. Uh, there, as I said, there is only one school in Greece that you can uh, study mining and metallurgy. Uh, so very, very few people graduate with uh, a metallurgical degree from Greece. Um, so people don't really understand what a metallurgist uh, does. They think... Uh, Oh, it has to be. It has to be related to uh, the you know the people that we see sometimes in the movies. You know when they make swords. You know they basically quench and temper steel, and that's that's the idea of uh, of uh, the metallurgy in Greece and even even all around the world. I would say you know in some societies is more well known, uh, and although it's a let's say a very old profession. Uh, the modern metallurgist, I think, it's uh, uh, has uh, such a such a broad range of uh, things that can can do and uh, contribute to a process, uh, you know, or uh, whatever really. 
Tassos, thank you for talking to us. Oh, thank you. I hope I, hope I answer all your questions. So there you have it, friends. Another metallurgical poster child, this time from Greece. If you'd like to connect with Tassos Gavras, email me at doug at heattreattoday.com. Also, if you know of someone that you'd like to see profiled as the next metallurgical poster child, please send me an email as well. Again, that's doug at heattreattoday.com. Metallurgical Poster Child podcast is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and cannot be reproduced without permission and appropriate attribution. Metallurgical Poster Child was produced and mixed by Jonathan Condon, Butler, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Doug Glenn. Thanks for joining us.